With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Kovalchuk battles to get it back. Cannot. Lazat is on it. The Kings rookie, Lazat, feeds the slot. Carter scores! You're listening to All the Kings Men, the official podcast of the L.A. Kings. Off the boards, it comes out to center, two on one. Shorthanded, Brown with Kopitar in the zone. Brown to the net. Shoots! Now, here's your host, Jesse Cohen. Welcome back, Kings fans. We are roughly two-thirds of the way through training camp with two games left in the preseason and about nine players needing reassignment to get down to the 23-man roster. The Ontario Reign training camp has opened with the recent cuts over the weekend. But before we dive into those moves and what this team will look like heading into the regular season, I spoke to the Royal Half last week to get his take on the changes happening to this team's roster, the front office, and the fan base. Joining me now, before we get into uh, the regular season, we're middle of the preseason here, my best hockey buddy, the Royal Half. How are you doing tonight, the Half? Uh, I'm doing well, Jesse, and I got to say, it feels great to be back on the second most popular LA Kings podcast. Wow. <laughs> right out of the shoot, eh? <laughs> Do you have numbers to back up that claim? <laughs> <laughs> I, I have advanced stats. Oh, oops! Almost, uh, almost had to bleep myself there. Um, look, have you and I uh, met? Don't like each other. Oh, sorry. Oh, uh, you were wow. saying? You were saying? <laughs> <laughs> the hits are flying fast and heavy this episode. No, you and I met face to face for the first time during the 2012 Cup run. No, during the 2012 regular season, right? Uh, if memory serves me correctly, sure. But you and I are both uh, long time. Previously long-suffering Kings fans, and I think what you and I and Pumpernickel and uh, a lot of other Kings fans bonded over for years was the <laughs> the decades of futility that the franchise had before um, finally becoming a Stanley Cup contender. So before we got into the upcoming season, before we got into the present state, I wanted to take a minute to reflect back and really appreciate what we got to watch during that the Cup window. And I couldn't think of anybody better to uh, to talk to about it than you. Yes, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> it was, don't you think, though? <laughs> <laughs> yes, watching the the LA Kings win two cups in three seasons, uh, sandwiched in between a, a trip to the Western Conference Final, was was a uh, uh, as the kids say, uh, dope. Well, I can remember you and I doing an episode in 2014, I think. And, and us saying... Were we like, talking about the core of the team? No, I think it was right oh, yeah. after I said they should tank the season after uh, Carter got oh, oh, but, oh, yes, yes. I, I know the date exactly, actually. Yeah. I have a, a tattooed <laughs> on my shoulder, like, memento style. So every morning when I wake up and look at the mirror, I remember when you thought the King should tank in 2013-14. We're going to get into tattoos in a second. Uh, but, but I remember saying uh, that this was the golden era and that we should appreciate it while it was happening. And uh, the only reason I'm I'm being so sort of uh, observant of the notion of eras is that uh, Todd McClellan in his speech at the, the state of the state of the franchise event. Todd McClellan is the coach of the LA Kings. <laughs> yeah, Todd 
Scott McClellan. Wait, Scott Marty, where have I been? <laughs> yeah, this is heavy. Um, but he referenced it as a marathon and he talked about Kobitar and, and Brown. You know, he said they started running a marathon and people joined and blah, blah, blah. And he said, now we're starting a new marathon. So I wanted to take a second just to, to um, remember the old marathon. Obviously, the cup wins were great. The Western Conference final appearance was amazing. But the half, were there any uh, hidden moments or, or, or side memories or, or highlights or heroes of the era that you want to remember? Because uh, I've got a handful. Uh, no, I'm not prepped for this <laughs> at all. <laughs> all right. Um, I thought we were here to talk about, you know, the, the current Kings and the preseason battles and all the fun training camp stuff. Uh, I didn't realize this was going to be, you know, uh, a where are they now segment. So, well, I so, sent you an email on Monday, uh, so I, you know that's not true. <laughs> um, I, I, you sent the email. Did I read the email? Well, um, I suppose I, I didn't. <laughs> does, where on the list is Colin Frazier's bloody eye rank? Because that would be pretty high up for me. It's got to be top ten. For sure. <laughs> top 10. <laughs> you don't think? I'd put it at 10. Top three. <laughs> oh, right. wow. Okay. <laughs> well, well, ten. I remembered a few that I think you... Brad Richardson is in the top 10. Like, how, like, if I called Frazier's bloody eye, has to easily be top three. Well, so there's there's the Dustin Penner goal with, what, 0.2 seconds left? Oh, the uh, McFlurry Merkel, yes, as, exactly. uh, as coined by uh, at Pumpernickel. Against the St. Louis Blues in, I want to say, the 2013 series, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got, obviously, the reverse sweep against the Sharks. <laughs> I mean, that's... <laughs> Whatever no, happened to that coach, man? <laughs> no disrespect to Colin Fraser's bloody eye, but come on. Um, but the one that popped out in my mind, and, and I, I would love to see if your memory of it is the same as mine, is uh hashtag Justin Williams lock screen. Oh yes. I I mean I there was a a brief like most good good ideas in Hollywood it was rebooted a <laughs> uh, year during the uh, yeah. the playoffs. Yeah, the people tried to force it, but my recollection is that it was after game 6 against Chicago in 2014 and that you and uh, Indiana Matt and I were at uh, the yard house across from Staples Center after the loss fretting and stressing over what was going to happen in game seven and that indiana matt came up with the idea that we should all change our lock screens to a picture of justin williams and i was trying to scroll through to find the original tweet and i can't but there's one from you on may 31st which would have been the day after that uh saying all right i'm in too hashtag justin williams lock screen and i had to sift through hundreds if not thousands of tweets of the hashtag justin williams lock screen and and that sort of blew me away. I mean, that's uh, and and that, my friend, for you entrepreneurs at home, that is why you copyright hashtags because <laughs> I retired off of that tweet <laughs> and have been uh, carefully living in Santa Fe ever since. But that uh, that seventies line, which was another oh, God, that's I totally forgot about that. 70s yeah, line. Was, that was a, that was a thing. Yeah, that was a hundred percent a thing. I mean, between that and Justin Williams' lock screen. Um, I think your Twitter account might have played as big a role um, in people's memories of these events. Um, well, it's, it, it, it's, it's funny because I actually – so for a lot of your newer listeners, um, there was a time where the Royal Half actually meant something. It wasn't just like, <laughs> hey, who's this weird old dude coming on the podcast? Uh-huh. But um, there was a time when, when NHL sports Twitter – all sports Twitter, uh, they didn't have personality. They didn't have um, comic timing. They they literally 
you know, besides that infamous uh, San Diego Chargers PF Chang's tweet, which I think was just a a mistweet, like sports Twitter didn't tweet gifts. They didn't make jokes. They didn't like like chirp. I think yeah. is 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 how you Canadians refer to it. And so so for the, for the Royal Half and Team TRH, like we before the LA Kings, you know wised up and 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 started partnering you know with with a lot of us like we were kind of a little bit of the personality or the edge of of the team and um now you just see that everywhere right now you see like the flyers subtweeting at the flames and you're just like okay great like awesome (laughs) um so so yeah i think a lot of that the, the hashtags and the gifts and i mean like again like like we were one of the first blogs to use tweets as as recaps yeah the you know tweet like caps. To put yeah tweet caps and and you know you were able to search like a swear word and the la kings and come up with just <laughs> a, a side of humanity that you hope you never ran into like in public um and so so the justin williams lock screen and and that 70s line like all this stuff was what what the kids today call viral but it just like this is we just were goofing on each other you know like it just was like what we were doing we we're trying to make we weren't trying to fetch all this stuff, you know. Like we, we were just, we were just dorks t- tweeting about, uh, about hockey. But um, I've never yeah, heard no. fetch used that way, but it's perfect, and you're, and you're right. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, I think to to answer your question about like, it, it, it's funny because I'm at peace with. Look, I love this team. I'm, I'm, we're, we're heading into to preseason, and it's. It was a, it was hard for me to get excited about preseason season hockey when I was 12. It's still even harder at, at my current age. But I, I love hockey. I love this team. But watching what this team went through in, in the four or five year period has just set me up for life that I don't like need like I, I will never not watch hockey, but I will never need hockey to to complete who I am because I got to see the Kings win two Stanley Cups in three seasons like that's like like that's the greatest thing ever and and seeing what the Blues went through as much as we hate the Blues as much as we hate the Blues <laughs> and not so much the Blues but more the people of St. Louis right it's not so much the Blues <laughs> we hate as it is just St. Louisites is that the St. Louis St. Lusians St. Lusians that, that that sounds a little too tropical to me St. Lusians um. And then the Capitals the year before that, like it is exciting to see teams that have never won it before, much like the Kings in 2012, like go through that and see their fans do that and see their fans obsessively follow the Stanley Cup around like we follow the Stanley Cup around on Twitter and and social media. And so, yeah, like it's those are very fond memories um, for sure. Um, But the fondness of the memories is when blood bled (laughs) from from Colin Frazier's eye. Well, speaking of being able to do a Twitter search. Um, that brings to me, brings me to one of my other fondest memories, which is uh, the tattoos that people got. Uh, in, Man, in Royal half was such a jerk off. In <laughs> but but there were tons of. I uh, feel like I feel like I'm, I'm like I'm like trying to be sworn in as a Supreme Court justice and then just dragging <laughs> all of my awful history against me. Well, no, but I mean, look, I think people, I think most people. Obviously, there was a follow up article that proved what I'm about to say wrong, but I think most people had a pretty decent sense of humor about it. But a lot of tattoo parlors offered free tattoos of the Stanley Cup. Yeah, let that let that sentence be a warning to you folks. Anytime <laughs> you hear the word free in front of a tattoo, yeah. like just just say no. Like just like pay pay for it. If you want a Stanley Cup tattoo, pay for it, my friends. Pay for it. But I mean it it really was 
uh, for at least uh, one or two generations of Kings fans. And I know you hate it, but we always talk about, you know, you've got the Gretzky babies and then there's the frenzy on Figueroa kids. And, you know, then there's the Kopitar and Brown era. But for those of us who came in um, at the Gretzky time or before the last 10 or 13 years, were a version of this franchise that we'd never seen before. And I've been fascinated to watch how the fan base has reacted to the last five years. Um, and I'm super curious to see how it reacts to the next five years, which is how long Todd McClellan's contract is. Um, when Dean Lombardi took over, he hired Mark Crawford as head coach. And there, there wasn't a, a, as many forums as there are now to express concern about that hire, but a lot of people sort of thought. No, I just I opened up my window and screamed <laughs> into the industry. Yeah, it's 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 the old school Reddit is just screaming out your window. <laughs> exactly. Um, and so I sort of anticipated that there'd be a similar reaction when they hired Todd McClellan, but I don't think there has been. I think a lot of people were pretty positive about it, and I, I myself included, Jesse. Like I, I. I made a joke about this on Twitter, but like I would love to be able to have a conversation with 2014 Royal half and, <laughs> and, 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 you know, pop up in my DeLorean and, and the second back to the future joke of the night and, and explain, okay, that guy that just lost four consecutive games after being up three, nothing um, that you have just I'm trying to think of the word tormented uh, on social media uh, he's now your new head coach, and you're cautiously optimistic about it. Yeah, no, and, you're ha- and you're happy about it. Yeah, no, it's it's sort of nuts. I mean, he's a not only is he the guy that the Kings the guy the guy that that couldn't win with the greatest <laughs> current hockey player in in the world. You're like, all right, you know what? Not a bad choice. Not well, a bad wait, choice. Well, time out. Who are we calling the greatest current hockey player of all time? I said, well, you can't be the current best player of all time but that's redundant but you can be the best current play- that's, hockey player yeah, in the world. yeah but who are we talking about connor mcdavid oh oh geez i was thinking about the, the 2000 <laughs> sorry i was thinking about the 2014 sharks roster and i was like that's high praise for joe thornton <laughs> um but uh or Patrick God, that Marley. guy is so wacky huh he's got a beard nah, so <laughs> did you know brent burns likes pizza um but yeah, I mean, given that he's a division rival, given that he's, as you said, he's Jesse, Jesse acting like McKellen didn't coach the Oilers for three seasons. <laughs> well, look, he acts like he didn't coach the Oilers for three seasons. Uh, would you? Would you uh, put it on your resume? No, frankly, I wouldn't. <laughs> um, I'm surprised anybody. I mean, I'm surprised the Wikipedia page for the head coaches of the Edmonton Oilers isn't just a b- bunch of blank entries. But I mean, he's a two-time division rival head coach. He is part of that memorable reverse sweep. Um, and yet I think cautiously optimistic is exactly the right phrase. He's got a five-year deal. He makes more than almost anybody on the team and he sounds great when he talks to reporters. I mean, he's, he's the polar opposite of, uh, of the previous coaches that we've had in LA (laughs) Uh, going back. I mean, going back three or four coaches now, he's even five, I guess. I, I kind of see McClellan. Is it McClellan? How do you how do you yeah, say it? Yeah, McClellan. McClellan. Okay, yeah. I just I'm not up on my Irish. So I, <laughs> it's also my favorite whiskey, McClellan. Um, he, he's he's like Terry Murray, but with upside. Does that make sense? Like yeah. like, you know, Terry Murray was the perfect hire for this team after the the Crawford debacle, and he was a guy that was going to teach these players how to play hockey. And and I think we all knew in our hearts of hearts that he was never going to take this team 
to to the promised land that right. they would have to bring in somebody else and that's how it played out on television but i think with mcclellan it's it's like okay this is a guy that can kind of remind these guys as we as we saw at the state of the franchise to to quote unquote do your jib right do your jib mm-hmm. that's that's the big <laughs> motto for yeah. the kings hashtag do your job yeah do your jib <laughs> and and he's someone that can remind the kings to do their jobs and then also like hey give us some regular season success which you know would be nice. It would be nice to have a to have a Pacific Division banner. I got to be honest; it's like the one thing in our collection we don't have. Yeah, well, that is that's funny. I hadn't thought about that, but yeah, you're right. I mean, other than the, I guess there's a Smythe Division um, banner, but yeah, yeah, the Sharks and Ducks have had a stranglehold, and I guess Vegas has whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, but the thing that's that I'm beginning to key in on with McClellan and the first time he did it I thought it was up in the air but now he's done it twice and I'm beginning to think it has to be deliberate he delivers pretty pointed stingers through the media to his players in a way that I don't think I remember do you have an, do you have an example of such things yeah so so on his initial speech at the state of the franchise event he talked about the marathon and he said you know he said his wife went ran one and that was it she never wants to run another one and he talked about how there were some veterans currently on the team that have to decide whether or not they want to run another marathon and if they don't then <laughs> then he needs to figure that out and then today there was a quote uh in a in a John Rosen piece and uh he's talking about the vets and he basically said that he wished he had seen something from them in last night's split squad game against Arizona. Um, he didn't call anybody out by name, but he said that he, you know, that now they have evidence and that's what they need. And I was like, okay, I, I said this before, but if, if Phil Jackson or if, or if uh, Pat Riley or one of those, you know, Scotty Bowman had made a statement like that. Everybody would know exactly who he was talking about. Everybody would know exactly who it was pointed at. And I mean, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say it because I'm protecting my job. <laughs> but, but I think, I think if you look at the roster from the home game that McClellan was coaching and if you listen to his comments about who needs to decide if they want another, run another marathon, I mean, I think you can figure out pretty clearly who he's talking to directly in these comments now i i can't say that for sure i haven't asked him about it but i can't remember another coach being that aggressively passive aggressive and i i kind of like it <laughs> you, you were here for daryl sutter right you were in LA yeah sutter? but sutter would i mean i <laughs> sutter wasn't like you know he would say like if they're playing the sharks or whatever and he'd say like well they've got the best defenseman in the league right yeah okay fine that's a dowdy like there's nothing his subtlety was hit you over the head with a frying pan subtle. Yeah, that's true. Um, this is a little, I don't know. I, I, no, look, I, th- I think to, to, to exist in the NHL as long as he has and to be as, as consistent a winner as he has, it's hard. It is hard. And, and as much, again, this team has two Stanley Cups, so we can, we can look back and laugh, but as much, you know, as, as, as much of an internet troll <laughs> as, as I was towards, uh, towards him like he he really is the right choice for this team it's 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 a safe choice it's someone who has a consistent track record you're not bringing in someone new who has to prove themselves or you know just the the the, 
again, I feel like it's the third time we've said debacle in reference to a coach this podcast, but to deal with with the 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 Jardin of last year and just everything that went wrong with that hire. I think he is the right choice for this team right now. You've given him a five-year deal. So you're basically saying like, Hey dude, and and look, I know the vote of confidence is like the worst thing in the world, but um, from a general manager, but they're saying, Hey, let's give you some time to kind of really help change the culture here. And that's, that's, you know, what Lombardi did early on. And um, I'm, I'm again, hashtag cautiously optimistic. (laughs) Here's the, uh, here's the exact quote. Uh, I think there were some good nights by some individuals, some disappointment. I mean, he must mean shifts instead of nights. That must just be a transcription error. I think there were some good shifts by some individuals, some disappointing shifts from some players that maybe know better and we expect a lot more from. But now we have evidence and that's what we're looking for. And he had gone to great lengths to say he didn't want to get feedback from the previous front office and previous coaching staff on who these guys were. That I liked, actually, when he said that. I actually really... I understood that. I, I, I get that. I've I've had to um in my career like come into I'm not gonna say it's comparable to a to an NHL coach, but I have had that on it's not that on Yeah. I've had I've had instances where I've had to step into an existing uh uh situation and and meet with everyone face to face and make my assessment of who I think should stay and who should go. And and you have to do that. You can't rely on the bias of the scouts or the other people around because they have personal relationships with those people, you know, they have really, it's, it's, so I actually really appreciated that. And, and I think you had, I, don't, I remember if you or John Rosen tweeted it out, but the fact that they started uh, training camp with a couple scrimmages, mm-hmm. you know, it, it was like, okay, let's, this is kind of starting from scratch. Let's see what everyone can do. And then we'll start figuring out lines and then we'll get into teaching and drills. And so, yeah, I think his approach has been um, good and, and, you know, Compared to what we had last season, I mean, it's, yeah. like, you would you would do a better job <laughs> coaching this team right now, and I actually mean that sincerely. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate it. Um, yeah, and I mean, he, he's also he's not above self deprecation, which is another thing which warms my heart. Yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, so I mean, I I look cautious, cautiously optimistic for the new marathon. I think is the uh, the term of art that we're gonna go with. Um, but wait, but before before we move on, though, yeah. I mean, you realize the the potential that we have here, right? No. So so I mentioned earlier in this podcast that that in one time in my life I was a um uh, was a troll a troll a professional I mean, a, internet troll <laughs> professional internet troll yeah a, a pit if you will <laughs> and um you understand the L.A. Kings winning the Stanley Cup with Todd McClellan as head coach. Oh my God. Would be the ultimate yeah. San Jose Sharks troll oh. of all time. I mean, like unquestionably like, like I, reverse sweep would be fifth on the list. I think <laughs> if, if, if this happened, like, you know, winning it with, with Sutter was, was you know, just because there's really no connection to the, the teams in, in those era, you know, like they were, yes, they were in the same division, but there was really no Sharks Kings rivalry right. when Sutter was coaching the Sharks. But, but, to to have the pinnacle of the Sharks Kings rivalry be with Tom McKellen behind the Sharks bench to 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 dare I even say make it to the Stanley Cup final <laughs> like with, I mean I guess the Sharks made it to the final once but like but that was with DeBoer right it wasn't with um that sounds McKellen. right yeah so I think I think to win the cup uh with McKellen and with late um December free agent signing uh Patrick Marlowe that would really really 
put the the step in in, in a, a king's troll. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The San Jose Sharks. The only drawback to that dream scenario is that neither Marlowe nor Thornton would be in the lineup, presumably. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, unless Joe Thornton wants to play another six years or however long it would take. Um, How disappointed were you that the Kings didn't acquire Patrick Marlowe? during that <laughs> tiny window where it was rumored that he might come? Uh, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> not at all disappointed. I mean, like, just uh, solely for the memes about his smile. I mean, that would probably be the only thing, or his lack thereof, uh, his ability to smile. I, I, just, I thought it would have been really funny. Um, <laughs> the last thought on McClellan I want to get to is I'm, I was really happy that they didn't go with a, with a quote-unquote player's coach. Right. I mean, yeah. he's, he's yeah. he may not be the worst taskmaster in the league. Right. He's not he's not Tortorella. He's not going to throw a fit and storm down a locker room and try and force his way into the visiting team's locker room to start a fight. But I mean, I don't know if, if everybody's seen the clip of him screaming at the Oilers during practice. And I mean, who hasn't screamed at the Oilers during practice? But, you know, I think that, I think I I get why they moved away from a from a disciplinarian style coach after relieving Sutter of his duties. I'm glad they've gone back to it. I think I do think that's actually what the team needs and will thrive under. Yeah, and I think I I think he's a, a kind of a hybrid of of disciplinarian players mm-hmm. coach. That's you know, a, I yeah. think right. Like I think again, this is we we we've never been in the room <clears throat> in the room with him, but you know, I think to to. Yes, he. I think he can be tough when he needs to, which the team needs. And I think if you have an issue, you can go and talk to him. Which, you know, it sounds like with all the stuff that keeps coming out each preseason about the end of the Daryl Sutter era in Los Angeles, it didn't sound like the players <laughs> wanted to be anywhere near him. So, um, so yeah, I, I think it's it, it was the right hire. I, there's, like, there's no other coach. You know, it wasn't like what Elaine Vigneault was out there. Like, there's no other coach out there that I was like, oh man, I really wish the Kings had had gotten. Um, him. I re- I really think that this was the the right uh, choice. Yeah, and hopefully uh, hopefully time will bear that out. So you mentioned that the you know the ho- <laughs> the existential hole at your core that caused you to become a professional troll has been filled by two <laughs> by two Stanley Cup rings. Um, for a lot of fans, I don't think that's necessarily true. But I'm curious, given your comfort level with the franchise and and your fandom. Like, what are you looking forward to in the next, limited to just this season? Because I know there's a lot of, you know, I I foolishly still visit, you know, the Reddit sub board and the HF Futures board and Let's Go Kings.com. And I look at Twitter and the Facebook groups. Masochist. I know. And there's, but there's a lot of fans that, that are still acting as if this season the Kings should and are going to try and ice a lineup that can be competitive with the rest of the league. And I, not that they're not going to try, not that the players aren't going to try, but I mean, I think we all concede 
or most of us concede that this season is not about making the playoffs. This is a transition year. So, I mean, what, what to you looks like success at the end of this coming season? Are you speaking of hashtag one more for the core? Is no, what, no, I think, I, I think we've pretty much, I think that hashtag has run its its course. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Hashtag one more for the core. Um, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to top pair defenseman, uh, Bjornfoot. That's, that's, uh, what I'm, uh, looking forward to it. I think it's, uh, it's pretty much been solidified, uh, that, uh, Tobias Bjornfoot is, uh, is, is make Drew Doughty expendable on this team. <laughs> wow. Uh, <laughs> That's a bold statement. <laughs> uh, no, um, I, I, you know, I think, I think that <sighs> it's so hard to say I'm excited to see the young players because as you and I very well know, we have been um, spurned uh, in, in very recent years, right? You, you think of all the guys that, uh, these these message boards that you referenced yeah. uh, were were up in arms of because we traded to the devils or because we let go you know with free agency these these you know I'm trying to think of the names of well some there's of still players. people that carry water for Jordan Wheel which I don't. yeah yeah like Jordan Wheel is a perfect example um, even Brian Boyle is a great example yeah. I mean like Do you like remember Bud Holloway Bud Holloway Oscar Muller but like you know even in the more recent years there's been these guys that who who kind of came up through the rain and and Kings fans were livid. So, so I guess what I'm saying is it's very hard yeah. to to make the NHL. It's even harder to be a impact player in the NHL. But it seems like there's a couple guys, especially then in the last season, um, that that played pretty consistently. So I'm I'm excited to see them kind of not be given the reins, but just kind of again have good coaching because I I, I don't think I'm speaking out of turn when when it's we this team did not have good coaching last year um and and see what the younger um players could do and see like how a player like Iofalo can maybe take it to the next level after you know two consistent seasons and and seeing uh, Adrian Kempe and um so yeah i think i think for me heading into the season it's really to see how the new head coach can make an impression and and really kind of bring these players up and then also with that aforementioned you know one more for the core take the the stars of the era that we started talking about on this podcast the carters and the browns and the kopitars and the dowdies and and elevate their game um as they head into uh, and i don't think i'm speaking out of school here the twilight of, of their career i mean these guys are all in their 30s and and you know heading they're closer to the end of the career than they are to the beginning of it and i'll be interested to see how that kind of mixture comes together i have no expectations look if this if this team comes in last place and and loses the draft lottery and ends up with the fifth pick um i will you know be expecting it but but if this team can can be competitive and and keep uh in games and 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 continue to grow its young players and and i think you'll see more of the younger goalies hopefully get an opportunity this season and i think it, it i'm i'm I think you can call this podcast cautiously optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> I had a moment this past week where I, I caught a glimpse of myself in the mirror and my face was just covered in King's Kool-Aid. And I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I was thinking to myself, <laughs> I was thinking to myself, is this the best 
assemblage of young talent the franchise has ever had. I was like, I'm sure if I look back and look at the Man- you know Manchester Monarchs or Ontario Reign rosters from 5, 10, 15 years ago, there's no way that there's an, 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 as many names that I'll remember as there. So I opened up a couple rosters and I was like, oh yeah, Michael Mersh. Oh yeah, Jordan Wheel. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, Max. that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah those, those are the exact names I, I was searching for earlier. Yeah. There's always been this, but but I, you know, I I think that where I, where there was zero room for those guys on the on this team, yeah. like now there is room for these younger guys. So um, I'm I'm excited to to see that. Okay, yeah, Michael Mersh. That's exactly one of the names. <laughs> yeah, well, and even going back, I mean, that was more recent. I look back at you know 2005, 2006, and it's like. Jeff Tambellini's 21 years old. You know, Konstantin Pushkarev is 20. Lori Tukinen's 19. Peter K. And I'm like, these guys never were anything. Um, and so now I look at the young group and I go like, all right, you know, there's what? There were 60 guys in camp or something like that. And you go, man, there's only 23 roster spots. How many of these names that we're super excited about? And this is true of any franchise in any year. Right? Like, not, just not everybody can make it. Um, mm-hmm. And there will be trades and there will be contract disputes. And, and you know, as you say, Kopitar and Dowdy are going to be playing from their from the prime into the twilights and ultimately the end, hopefully, of their careers. And, you know, you know, you joked about top pairing Bjornfoot. <laughs> um, but, you know, if you're a right handed shot defenseman in this organization right now, like the best you can sort of hope for for the next five, six years anyway, is second pair. I mean, right. You're not you're not bumping Dowdy out. Um but yeah, the Wagners, the Grunstroms, the Walkers, the Roys, there are a lot of young guys and guys like Peterson who have that three-year deal, Jack Campbell, you know, signs his extension in. Um, is there any part of you, and I already know the answer is no, but is there any part of you that's curious about Seattle two years from now? And, and like just the city or? No, the like... team, just the notion <laughs> that, the, that the league is expanding. I mean, does that? Uh yeah, another team that's gonna win the Stanley Cup before the Kings are. No, again. get Woo-hoo. out of here. <laughs> get out of here. Um, no, I I honestly I really did take a double take. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, there's a team in Seattle, sure. <laughs> I I guess I'm curious what team's gonna be leaving the Pacific Division, um, to put them in it, or have they already figured that out? But no, I I can't say that the Seattle NHL franchise has uh crossed my mind at all since they made the announcement. Now, last season, Dave Tippett. I like Dave Tippett. He's, right? he's he he left. The, he's he went somewhere else. I can't even. remember. Oh yeah, um, yeah. You're right. Where'd he go? <laughs> he bailed. Oh, it's Ken Holland that took over. There. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, where is Tippett now? He's, he's coach Columbus? coaching somebody. Is it Edmonton that he? No, he can't be going to Edmonton. Yeah, no, Dave Tippett. Uh, Dave Tippett took over the Oilers. Oh God, the Oilers are gonna be so good. Well. I mean, come on, Dave Tippett is a good coach. I know, but this is, you know, so yeah. was Todd. Dave, Mc, so Dave, was Todd McClellan. Dave Tippett won with the Coyotes, my friend. He well, he, I mean, he won ish. Uh, no, why did you bring up Seattle? Just because it's, I mean, the league. Look, I spent twenty years angry, being you know mad on the internet. Assuming that I knew everything, and and then having to concede slowly, bit by bit, that I knew nothing. Um, and now you know we've got labor peace for three years. We've got a new team coming in. We've got a new TV deal on the horizon. Like this is a totally different world. Um, Edmonton might be good. <laughs> Dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. The Royal half. 
We got some really dank NHL memes coming from the official <laughs> at NHL yeah. account. Well, on, <laughs> on, on that subject, I would argue that last season needed, uh, you know, maybe not the royal half, because as you say, that, that, Troll hole in your soul may have been filled, but troll hole. <laughs> That's wildly inappropriate. By the way. But but I just feel like the a team. Troll. I just feel like the fan base needed something a little bit stronger, oh. <laughs> stronger than NHL. The NHL. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Shell memes group on Facebook. Don't have kids. That's all I'll tell you. All you listeners out there, don't have kids. But I mean, go 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 the the Handmaid's Tale route and just eradicate children from your life, man. That is the uh, only way. (laughs) That is the only way that you could be a a professional hockey blogger. But I mean, for somebody who who got great joy out of uh, torturing themselves watching bad hockey for for many years, like did I ever? Like, what does the fan base do faced with the prospect of a non-competitive? season if not and i shouldn't say that because we don't know and i actually think they're going to do better than they did last year but this is a non-contention year right this is a rebuilding sorry recreating year a restructuring year um i don't know i think the fan base needs that kind of voice well jesse i um i go back to a uh, blog post from february 11th of 2010 mm-hmm. which let's just unpack that for a little bit right what's today the september 2019 jesus christ what a waste. <laughs> uh i wrote i wrote a uh, uh this was at the tip of the la king starting to turn things around a little bit and i wrote a blog post called five tips for successful horrible blogging and the concept was you know what do you do um when your team sucks and and you um you basically it kind of gave a bunch of tips on like how to, you know, what to focus on, mm-hmm. uh, and and the, the number one tip being draft picks, draft picks, draft picks. So, <laughs> yep. You know, I think I think that again, if this team comes out of the gate and is able to keep pace with the the Pacific and the rest of the league, great. If it doesn't, then it becomes about all right. <laughs> what do we what do we get at the trade deadline? You know, <laughs> like um, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think again, it's just like I can sit in my seats and and be frustrated at at this team unable to to kind of return to its winning ways. But like, then I go home and I look at my two replica Stanley Cup rings that I keep. You know, <laughs> I thought you were gonna say your kids. <laughs> God no! Oh my God, those brats! Um, like, uh, no, I look at my two replica Stanley Cup rings that I keep under a spotlight next to my bedside table uh, uh, with a 24 hour um, uh, turntable like rotation on them. Uh, and, and that's all I need to see. You know, that's all I need to remember. I just need to, I just need to remember like, like literally crying, you know, in my seat in, in 2012 and then like jumping for joy in the press box in 2014. And, and those are like the memories. That- Humble brag. Yeah, that will. Well, you're not supposed to celebrate in the press box. <laughs> Weren't you on the uh, ice for 2014? 
Well, after the one I was, yeah. But I mean, I, I you know, somebody had to, to, to hug Bob Miller. Um, it's, so, uh, um, I think those are the moments that would keep me through another season like this, this team had, uh, last year. And, and I, I have to say too, much more so than, than probably in like the, the 2000 era, 20 to 2000 to 2010, when this team was just, you know, awful. Um, I, I watch, I watch a lot more hockey of other teams than I, because of NHL TV and, and being able to, you know, hop around and watch a lot of the East coast games, yeah. you know, on your phone. So I actually take a lot of joy in the great players across the league, like watching like the Austin Matthews and the Patrick line and like, you know, seeing a lot of the younger, um, players. So, so you can, if you're dissatisfied from what you're watching on your own ice, you can like look at other teams and, and not be happy for their success, but kind of root for individual players. I think, I mean, I've watched that rise with the rise of cell phones and smartphones and social media. But I mean, I really think that's the future of sports. The internet? No, <laughs> it's a fad. No, just the notion of following players, right? Like, yeah, you know, no, yeah, like, like I, I, I love, I love to watch Austin Matthews play. Like, I love to watch Peter Forsberg play, and I was only able to watch Peter Forsberg play if they were featured on ESPN, right. you know, NHL, or they were playing the Kings. And now you can literally like get onto the app and I'm sure they have like an Austin Matthews cam and you can just literally just follow him and his mustache, his glorious, glorious mustache the entire uh, game. So, yeah, I think, yes, that that has definitely changed um, the the viewing habits, uh, being able to like dial up. I mean, you know, I'll sit there at work and I'll just I'll I'll stream on my computer or throw it on an iPad and just have like a game on, you know, and just it's 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 something that you would never able to do you know 10 years ago five years ago really yeah well and it's only going to get better and and it's i mean we saw this off season with all the rfas you know most of them assigned now i think but there's still a few out there that haven't it's you like know, just the finish it's just the finish guys i think that haven't signed yeah. playing for the same team in finland right now or in switzerland or wherever they're yeah, yeah. But whatever I mean, one of those one of those foreign places we've seen in the nba the players have almost taken control of the league Almost as far as like roster construction. Well, there's still, they still have that rookie control for, but I mean, I don't know that it would ever work exactly that way in the NHL, but I wouldn't like, if you told me 50 years from now, we'd move to a model where teams aren't locked to their cities (laughs) and they just, you know, it's like Saturday night in LA, you could watch the Red Wings versus the Penguins. And, you know, Tuesday in New York, you could watch the blues for, you know, and, and they all just, you're speaking of the uh, the circus league where they're literally kind traveling of. around. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, anyway, I just wouldn't be stunned if if you told me that happened. Now, one last thing that I think we're both excited about before we go is the return of the Chevy era jersey. Yeah, yeah, it's That's pretty I'm cool. Stunned they didn't do it earlier. Uh, yeah, I mean, stunned, but I'm actually happy because I th- and and I like that they're only doing it for. For two games, correct? Two games this yeah, season. Yeah, eighties night and nineties night. Yeah, I think um, you know, I, th- I I think with the um, the introduction a few years ago of like the I don't know if it was the fourth jersey of the old uh, forum blue and, yeah. and gold jersey, but you know, for me, the 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 most recent memory I have of that jersey is going to the Gretzky retirement game 
when oh, wow, yeah. they they all wore uh, for warm ups and the game, I believe that jersey with the ninety nine patch on it. And I think for warm ups, they all wore it with with Gretzky ninety nine on it. So like, I mean, that's the last time. What's that? Two thousand one, I think two thousand um, when they did that. And so that's the last time I've seen the the Gretzky era jersey. And so I think they did it really really well it does it, it's nostalgia but it's not nostalgia for nostalgia's sake um it's very limited events by only doing it two instead of you know right stretching it across the season it's, it's kind of similar I, I really liked what the canes uh hurricanes did last year with the whaler knights and and actually i love that they did one of the whaler knights in boston like it was <laughs> like it was on the road right you know which, i mean speaks volumes about their franchise but um so yeah, I'm actually really, really excited about that. I think it's going to be um, really cool to see that, and I, I just—it's such a great jersey, and what? I would love—I just love to see you know it somehow get incorporated into the the, the team. I mean, I, I, look, the current jersey is is as as modern of an update on that jersey as I think you can kind of get the the current jersey that the Kings wear as for the Chevron. So it's not like we're that far removed from it, but. But there is a flood of memories that come with seeing that that font with that, you know, overlay and, and those numbers where they're on. And um, it's it's all good memories, even though, like, let's be real. It was <laughs> maybe two and a half good seasons in that jersey. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe one and a half. <laughs> That's what sort of stuns me is that you're right. The current jersey is not that dissimilar to it. No, right? it's, no, it's obviously I'm... based off of it. Yeah. Um, and yet, seeing that commercial and seeing those jerseys on stage at the State of the Franchise event and then going back into my closet and digging up my my own personal jerseys from that era, they're so good. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. It's I mean, it's just a couple of bands. It's just not even color. It's just black, silver, and uh, and white. And yet, it's it was such a good look. Um, yeah, it really – I mean, it really is – It's it's funny. Like, you saw the, the blues – uh, just did right, and I know you were very vocal online about it. Um, <laughs> I hated those jerseys. Where it's like, and I forgot, I forgot who you you retweeted somebody, but it was just like, like the worst jerseys of the nineties. Yeah, are are now back as um, you know, nostalgia points. But yeah. like, like we we, but I think that's true of everything. I mean, like like all of the iconography from the nineties, which which you know at the moment we thought was cool, and then in the in the 2000s were like oh that was really bad is now kind of hip and cool and back I, I i will say like every year for the last maybe three or four seasons i would go to the team la store at staples center and i would find um they had like the authentic heritage jersey of that of the the um gretzky era and i would see a curry one a yari curry one and i just <laughs> always always wanted to buy that jer- like i just would always want to buy that jersey so like I get it. I, I'm I'm really excited about it, and I think those will be two uh, two fun games, you know. And and I think all, hopefully the Burger King jersey is not too far behind. Well, that's I mean that's the logical conclusion, right? Like <laughs> <laughs> they've got to. I mean you want you want you want to get you want to get '90s nostalgia in, in the house. Let's. Uh, let's well, for ne- I mean thing. for next season, why wouldn't I mean Ducks Kings '90s night? Oh my god, the Wild Wing jersey versus the Burger King jersey. I mean, come on. It's, <laughs> hey. Take my money, as the GIF says. <laughs> uh, the half, I want to thank you very much for joining me for this stroll down memory lane. 
Yeah, no, like I said, it's a, it's a thrill to be back on the second most popular LA Kings podcast. Uh, and <laughs> it's not um, a competition. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll see you next fall. Thanks. Oh, I've, 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 oh, I've no. contractually, obliga- no. I've, I've fulfilled my one contractual obligation in 2019 of being on a podcast and, um, I feel good. I think we're going to go out on top. Well, we're going to try and bring you back. Maybe. We're going we're gonna to bury Sanders this, you know, I'm going to go out on top. <laughs> I think the new, uh, the new reference is, um, I don't know, I'm blanking on his name. The, the Colts quarterback, Matt's hero. Andrew Luck. That's it. You're Andrew Lucking it. <laughs> anyway, thanks to half and thanks Kings fans. We'll talk to you soon. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.